0: Episode 71, Your Approach Outweighs Your Message. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educators podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Elite Educators, this is Gretchen from Always a Lesson, and whether you're teaching a lesson or you're learning one yourself, this podcast is for you, and I'm here to empower you. I want you to reach your potential, and that's why I call you an Elite Educator, because Elite really describes someone who takes time out of their day to invest in themselves by listening to a podcast just like this one, and it helps hone your craft. As always, I want to start, and thank you for tuning in each week. I love reading your reviews on iTunes, so if you do enjoy the show, help me. Go ahead and subscribe and leave a rating with a review. That tells iTunes to keep pushing out the show so we can help more and more teachers each day. Today's shout-out goes to Counter Culture Society, who said, My first job after college was a fourth-grade teacher. Wow, what an eye-opening experience. I wish I had this podcast back then. Thank you for investing in teachers and educators. Well, first of all, you are more than welcome. I feel like I have been invested in so many years, it's finally my turn to give back. So it's an honor to be able to do what I'm doing. But you're right, being a teacher is such an eye-opening experience in a podcast like this is to serve and help people, and I too agree with you. I wish I had a podcast like this where someone was encouraging me, telling me the truth, you know, letting me know what it's really like behind the scenes and that it's okay and that I'm not alone and that I can do it and someone who's further down the road than me and can look back and say, you've got this, I made it through, you can make it through too. Uh, So you and I are on the same page, but I love that you stop by and let me know that you appreciate that, so thank you. Well, today I want to help you reignite that passion and potential by talking about how and why your approach outweighs your message. And this podcast is for all educators, but I really want to focus in on how this affects new teachers. So hang on. This is going to be one empowering ride. So parent-teacher conferences are coming up. I hear a lot of buzz on social media about it, and a lot of people freak out, and especially those new teachers. You get stressed like, oh my god, I didn't prepare for this in college or in whatever program you had before becoming a teacher, and you're thinking, what do I do? Or really, you're asking, what should you do? and yes it's a time where you can provide updates on you know a student's academics but really more importantly these conferences are just a great time to build relationships like end of story parents are so interested in what happens behind the scenes and to really get to know who you are you know they hear all these stories at home from their kids whether they're good or bad and they just want to see for themselves like who is this person and What is their rationale for things? And what goes on here all day? So they, parents, often have a million more questions and are much more nervous than you even are as the teacher. But I do understand, especially when you're first starting out, it's intimidating to sit in front of someone who might be older than you and feeling like they're judging everything you're doing and wondering if you're qualified to be there and, you know, all those insecure thoughts. And it could be daunting. And it's an obstacle because, You haven't had that experience before, and you're trying to avoid that judgment zone. You know, you don't want to make that mistake. And some parents might not have a positive experience in the district or at the school level. And so you may be worried about, you know, are they going to bring in their personal grievances to my little classroom, and I only have 10 minutes to meet with each parent, and I don't want them to get me all riled up. And these are all normal feelings, but I don't want you to allow the feelings to dictate your behavior because you're missing out on such an opportunity. And So I started thinking with all this parent-teacher conferences stuff that the one way to sabotage the opportunity is, you know, focusing so much on the great things you want to tell them, but your approach is wrong or not as effective and therefore it backfires. And I'm not trying to scare you, but I do want to front load this in hopes that I got to you before you had this big opportunity and you can think to yourself, okay, I need to share XYZ message, but this parent is upset with the school or is already upset with me. You know, you can't just jump off and say, here's what I wanted to tell you. Goodbye. (laughs) You have to finesse a little bit. And I am not very good at that. (laughs) And I'll tell you in a moment why. But really, I'm talking about parent-teacher conferences right now, but this is really in any interaction with people in general. People are different. They need to hear the same message in a different way for it to resonate with them or for them to hear it. Just think about yourself. You know, I could tell you, you know, the sky is blue and you may accept that as a fact. But if I had a different tone, it may hurt your feelings. And then you don't even hear the sky is blue. You just make up something in your head that I said because you're just so upset with my tone. Or maybe you have a sibling or a friend who is easily offended or someone that needs to be coaxed a little bit, you know, they need to hear the message multiple times before they take action. So everyone has some way that they need to hear the exact same thing. And any interaction can go one of two ways, and it's up to you to make sure it always points in the positive direction. You need these people in your life, whether it's the parents or whether it's the students or other staff members or just new friends you're meeting. You need people to surround you Life is not meant to be lived alone, isolated on an island. So how do you do this? Well, focus just as much on the way that you say something as you do on what you want to say. And so my confession to you is this is such a weakness of mine. So it it chuckles me to be able to talk to you about it because something I still work on. I mean, I don't know that I'll ever get great at it, but I think because I'm aware of it and I try each interaction and each time I'm communicating to think about what is my approach and how am I being perceived not just what is my message because I know what I have to say is going to be beneficial but I want you to hear it and if you're too busy distracted by the way I approached it well then you don't hear it and then that's a lost opportunity and you know my dad always said you've got to learn some tact if you want to be successful I mean, how's that for tough love, right? But he was right because I am someone who always tells the truth. I just cannot lie. I cannot sugarcoat it. My emotions are on my sleeve. It's all over my face, you know, and I just spit out my opinion. And then I might think, "Okay, that was a harsh word or that was really blunt," or and luckily I finally have people around me who call me out on it instead of getting offended and never talking to me again. They'll say, like, that was harsh, try that again, or, you know, wow, tell me what you really think. And their response lets me know, okay, whoops, <laughs> my message came before my approach did, and, and that was ineffective. Because now, even if I try and backpedal and restate it, what they heard the first time is what sticks with them. It's like that first impression. And so I really have to take that moment to think to myself, who is my audience? How do they need to hear this? Adjust. And I used to think, that is so ridiculous. I don't have time in my life to change my message 75 million ways, depending on who is listening. Like, no one does that for me. (laughs) Why do I have to spend that much time? But when you're in a a leadership position, if you want to be effective, you've got to learn the people that are reporting to you and, and be able to motivate them. And you do that by knowing how they want to hear the message. And, you know, one thing that happens with parents is a lot of the stress that happens in a relationship between a teacher and a parent is just miscommunication, whether it's through email or text or the child says something and it's not true. And So to be able to just have the right approach means that you're extending that olive branch, you're making them feel welcome, they can air their grievances even if they say, you know, I really don't like you, and you say, that is okay, and I am so glad you told me. (laughs) You know, as hard as that is to say that, hey, at least you know, at least you know, you're on the same page um, and you can move forward from there. So as much as I hate that I have this attribute of being harsh and, you know, misinterpreted, and I'm sorry if I've ever offended you listeners out there with some of my wording in the podcast, I promise you I'm, I'm still, for the rest of my life, I'll be working on that because I do have a good heart and I do want to help. And it just may mean that sometimes I get so caught up in what I have to say that I forget how I need to say it. And so this podcast episode is interesting that I'm able to finally look back and say, hey, I've made progress and and I, my relationships are better and stronger because of this. And it is worth the time to sit and think about how I need to say things. And even if I don't adjust it for each person, if I just take a moment to think how I would want to receive it or how I could soften the wording, then I'm taking a step forward. So really think about what that person needs to think and feel during your interaction before you even share what you want to say. And so, you know, if I'm coming at them, then they're on the defense, they don't hear a word I'm saying, and it's just a waste of time for everyone. And if I jump into what I need from them or my agenda without any chit-chat, you know, like, how are you? I'm just like, hey, can you do this for me? Some people are like, whoa, what? is going on, like I'm not your little worker bee, you know, have a relationship, you know, they get turned off and they're less willing to help, you know, and I've been, I've burned so many potential opportunities because I just didn't care about my approach. I just wanted to get my message out. I guess that comes with some maturity, right? (laughs) And over time I just realized it's less about me and it's more about them. So before you meet with parents, just think about how you would need to hear what you're about to share. And think about how you can make them comfortable, make them willing to talk, willing to help. And just you want them to enjoy, you know, this interaction that they have with you because it's so limited in terms of the amount of time they're sitting with you, but also throughout the year they don't get this opportunity very much. And only then, once you've done those things, can you lay down the value bombs that you're about to bring Because they now have an open ear and they have a willing heart and they're going to hear what you say and say, "Oh, okay, you know, I can't wait to join this mission, but you can't start off just like that. So here's what I suggest to you. Thinking about your approach first and then your message second start off strong with a personal genuine greeting and some small talk and I am the worst at small talk I hate it I just want to get to the point if I have a question I just want to ask it I don't want to schmooze (laughs) you know I I would not do well at a cocktail party (laughs) I would just want to like get in and get out I just don't enjoy all that but I do think when you haven't had a relationship with someone, you do need to start off and get to know them. And one way is to just ask questions and, you know, the weather is a safe thing to do. Or I always said, thank you for taking time to come meet with me today. And I meant that because they had to take off work. They had to rearrange their schedule. They had to sign up for a time that was probably not opportune for them because it had to be during the school day. And that's what I mean by being genuine. Don't just say, hi, how are you? As if it's just like a normal thing you say to everybody it just recorded and lacks that emotion and that sincerity think of a couple ways to start conversations and always thanking them for their time is a great way to do that Once you've started that conversation, you know, that warm personality, that inviting into the classroom, then you want to enlist their input before even going into your plan of attack. You may even know what you need them to do. You know what the child needs to do, but it doesn't matter because remember right now you're building this relationship and it's all about your approach. So you got to take a time out. Can't jump right to your message yet. And start asking them questions. You know, you may think, well, gosh, they haven't even heard me say anything. How can I ask for their help? But generally, some parents come in and they think they know what's going on and have an idea or, or want to be heard. And until... You give them the opportunity to get out their thoughts. They're not going to listen to a lick of what you have to say. So why don't we just do that right away? Is there anything you want to talk about? Anything you want to share? You could say, do you have any concerns that you want to discuss? Or, you know, what have you thought about the grades that are coming home? You know, just wide open. Go ahead and allow them, you know, their soapbox moment. You know, my favorite is, you know, how is Johnny feeling about the school year? Always put it back to the kids so it's not about you, it's not about the parent. It's, hey, how's your child enjoying the year? or What are they saying about the year? Because a lot of times you don't know. You know, you see one side of the child and the parent sees another, and the parent probably knows more inside what the child's really feeling. Um, Even those of you with great relationships with your students, sometimes the parent may surprise you and say, you know, that really hurt their feelings, or they're really feeling left out and you're like what like I would have never known that so just start off by eliciting their input and that makes them feel valued it makes them feel like wow this person's like could totally just tell me everything that they need to tell me but they're stopping to ask me what I think I'm not an educator I'm not a teacher Um, but again it just makes them feel part of the process Okay, so you've started off strong. You had that personal genuine greeting. You've enlisted their input. Now here's where you can share goals. And the reason I start here is anytime you use data points, it's less personal and they don't feel like you're saying their child's a failure or their child's perfect. They just feel like, okay, like here's the logistical part of the job and allows them to see your expertise. And you, I always use visuals. So I may show them, you know, a bell curve and say, okay, here's our goal to be at this reading level or to have this proficiency in math or whatever it is. And then I'll have a star or something where their child is. And this visually helps parents see, okay, so this teacher is moving towards this goal. It's not just, let's do fun lessons and they're not just being hard on my kid. Like here's where my child stacks up. And when you start with the goals first and you share the rationale, you know, we want 80% proficiency because X, Y, Z, then they start understanding why you approach things the way you do. So you're letting them in on how you plan what you plan and why you plan it that way. And then they start to respect your professionalism and your expertise because they now get it. And so what I do is once I share what the goal is, so maybe I'll say, okay, our goal is to be 80% or reading level R or whatever it is, then I'll start positive. So I'll say what's great about Johnny is blank. And again, it's just the conversation's been positive so far. I haven't dropped any those kind of moments yet. And then I'll follow with an area of concern and it's not that your child's horrible and it's not like, oh my gosh. And immediately after I share the concern, I have a solution ready. This is why you have to be so prepared for these interactions because you want the parent to not feel helpless and you want them to feel like, but, you know when someone says that in a conversation, it's like, well, we didn't select you for the position, but, like it gives you a little hope and it's like, oh, I was so let down, but oh, there's some hope. And so you swing in with that solution really quickly and it makes them feel at ease like you got this you see the problem you're already attacking it you're not waiting for me and my approval or my ideas you are just ready to do this and a lot of parents are so thankful like oh my gosh I'm glad you caught that thank you for already starting to work on it and then you can ask for input again so remember you asked at the beginning is there anything you wanted to share how are things going then you shared your goals you shared positive progress and you shared area of concern with a solution and now you're back to their input because they have to process and if you just keep going with your agenda it's like they're like I had so many questions and I just forgot them all and now I don't even know (laughs) you know and you don't want to be following up multiple emails or convert phone conversations when they could have just asked it right now so give them a time to just relax and take it in and ask any questions and you may say have you thought of a, a different solution that might work? I'll ri- write that down and try that next, too. Or, hey, do you think, is there anything at home that you think would be beneficial? So now you're enlisting their help at home. Or just allow them to be like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know. Sometimes they don't have anything that they really want to contribute other than just shock and awe or excitement. And you want to give them that moment to just feel that. And I always like to do a recap at this point because their brain is spinning. They're like, what just happened? So again, you'll go through those points. If there's something there you guys have decided they could do at home, you want to reiterate that. That way when they leave the classroom, that recap is the last thing on their mind. So it's like, okay, this was the good, this is the bad, this is how we're moving forward, this is what I'm to do. You know, nice and fresh. Um, and any last-minute questions or concerns or remind them, you know, how to they can stay in touch with you. You know, shoot me an email or text me or read the newsletter or check the website. And please make sure you always end thanking them for coming in, taking the time to meet with you. And that means you have eye contact, like don't shuffle your papers, don't get ready for the next person a genuine smile, again, some sincere wording, walk them back to the door. If you need a few seconds before the next person comes in, just say that. Say, I'll be right with you. Close the door, shuffle your papers. But you just need to be as present as possible so that person feels validated, they feel important, they feel like you are prioritizing them and their child, and it's not rush, 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 get, you know, get to the next person. And as you can see, as you're hearing me say these steps, you have known all along that your message was here's the problem and here's the solution that is really what you wanted to say that entire conversation but you spent a lot of time asking their input putting out positive vibes starting with things going well before moving into the concern and you may think like oh my god it's just such a waste of time because i know i did i was like this conversation could have been three minutes long, and now it's 30, <laughs> you know, like, filled with all this fluff. But really, that is what is establishing that relationship. And as you move forward, your conversations don't have to have as much bubble tape around it, right? You can just kind of cut to the core because they know your intentions. You have that relationship. You know, after a while, you may send a one-sentence email to a parent, and that's fine because you don't need all of the other things to really surround the message to make it land right that's already been established. So don't feel like it's always going to be like this, but you have to start establishing that relationship now. If your head is still spinning like parent-teacher conferences, I don't know what to do. I started making a product and I made three of them because I knew... I wanted to hit three different people. So I did tips for parent-teacher conferences is is the name of the whole thing. And I I bundled them together in case you want them all. But I did one just for the parents. This would be something you could send home. And it helps parents know, like, what questions should I be asking? How can I prepare for this conference? You know, giving them some ownership and some accountability, but also knowledge is power. Sometimes they have no idea what to expect, and it really calms their fears when they're like, oh, okay, we have a lot of first we have a lot of parents that just moved here from other countries and you know this parent teacher conference thing is new to them so to be able to see like what an agenda looks like or what questions that they can start thinking about you know just a plan a a space to plan and reflect and prepare, uh, I also made one for students, so that if you're going to allow them to be present and lead or at least have a portion that they want to talk about, it allows them to really reflect you know how am I doing and what are some areas of growth or what are some solutions or what what is going really awesome? what am I proud about and then of course, I made one for you for teachers who need to really plan from start to finish what a conference looks like. And now that you have this podcast episode, you now understand really putting some emphasis on your approach in addition to your message. And it's fine that you plan your message first. That's how I work. I'm like, okay, what is the essential thing I need to say during this conversation? And then I work backwards and fluff it up with a better approach. And that works for me, and that may work for you as well. But if that product sounds like something you could use... Go on over to Teachers Pay Teachers, just type in Always a Lesson. You'll find it there, pretty easy, or just there's a search bar once you get to Always a Lesson, and you can type in Conferences, and it'll pop up. But really, my whole message to you today is about your approach, and so I th- I want you to think throughout your day today about your interactions. So you probably, your message, especially during the work week, was like all about trying to get things done But think to yourself if there was a few interactions that could have been altered to have a more positive outcome if you had changed your approach. And then each day think about that before you begin an interaction. And like I told you, and it's probably not as encouraging, it's taken me a while because that is my weakness. Maybe you're fantastic at it, (laughs) which I hope that would be great. But really, we are all in this together and we're all in this for kids. So it's really important that we take time to think about how we need to say something before we just jump in with our agenda. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's podcast on ensuring your approach makes a positive, productive experience for all involved in the interaction. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered. Podcast is sponsored by the Educators Podcast Network, a podcast network that encourages you to think about your profession and succeed in the world of education. Whether you're a first-year educator or a seasoned veteran, there is a podcast for you. All of the shows are produced by educators who want to shape education through meaningful discussion and content. So head on over to Podcast Network. Dot .com for more details.